we all hear the stories of people getting lucky. The guy at the bar who bumps into someone and winds up getting backstage passes. The, somebody meeting the love of their life by total happenstance at a place they're not even supposed to be at. Or an Uber driver meeting an executive for a production company. Now they're getting their script read. And what is that about? How does that happen? Is it just luck? Is it, is it being prepared? Is there, are there steps? Are there things that you can do to influence that happening? Or is it just a matter of being at the right place at the right time? Hello, good morning. Welcome to the show, everybody. I am Lance A. Williams. <laughs> and I'm Mike Petchy. I well, hold on a second here. I like the little brief pause that happened there. <laughs> this, you are listening to uh, a new show that we're doing here at uh, ILWP's production company, ILWP's podcast umbrella. New show called Right place, right time. And you heard the romantic, sexy voice of my co-star. Hello, hello. Lance A. Williams. This is my first series regular. I know. <laughs> Lance is uh, Lance has been doing such a great job on uh, the other, our sister podcast, In Love With The Process, for years now, and a fan mm. favorite. And Lance and I have been working together for years. I am a director first, and Lance... I'm an actor and writer. Yep. And uh, if you guys know this business, you know that what that means is we have a lot of free time. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> a lot of free time <laughs> in between jobs. And Lance and I have been t teasing this for quite some time now. Mm -hmm. We've been saying that we got to get together. We got to make a podcast together. Um, and uh, we talked a lot about this theory, this idea of the right place and the right time. Now, what does right place, right time mean to you, Lance? So, like we said in the introduction, right? It's there's a matter of it's 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 when things just happen to when things feel like they just happen to fall into your lap, you know. It's it's when and for example, when I met my girlfriend, it was at I, I thought my buddy's birthday, but it was actually a party she was throwing. Oh, weird! And I got invited and then got there and I was like, oh, how do you know so and so? She was like, I don't. I'm like, well, what the fuck are you doing at his birthday party? She was like, it's not his, it's my party. We do this every summer. He's just here. <laughs> I'm like, oh, well, oh, hey, I'm Lance. I would have never been there otherwise. We would have never met otherwise, right? Yeah. It's those little weird accidents that happen in life. It's it's the the things that you can't, it feels almost like you can't design it. You can't make it happen. It just has to fall out of the sky. But I think that, there are things you can do to influence that. I think there are there are steps you can take to to give you the best chance of having yourself in the right place at the right time. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I agree with you. Um, well, I mean, my take on it is a. We talked about this before the mm -hmm. show. My take on this is a bit more cynical, mm -hmm. right? Because I keep hearing this right place, right time thing all the time. Yeah, and you know, this applies pretty heavily to our work and to yeah. our business and to trying to be successful in our business. And you guys know that I'm obsessed with how this fucking thing happens. I've been doing a podcast for six years about this and meeting people. Mm -hmm. And every time I have a conversation with someone that is like, well, you know, I was at the right place, right time. I'm like, bullshit. Mm -hmm. Like, what does that fucking mean? Like, yeah. uh, was your dad like the owner of a fucking studio and you, it was your right place, right time that you went downstairs to get breakfast from the kitchen and he was just <laughs> like, hey, uh, would you like a fucking movie? Yeah. Like that, that is where my East Coast cynical brain goes with yeah. a lot of this stuff. And look, I'm not going to deny that I haven't found myself in situations that just seemed strange and, and, and uh, you know, there's a, there's a romantic term I'm looking for that I can't find right now. Fortuitous. Yeah. Like, it, like I, the, the, yes, I have found myself in those situations and maybe I need to spend some more time and just sort of examine those situations. Mm -hmm. And I agree with you. Like, how do you find yourself in more right places at more of the right time? Mm -hmm. And if you are in those positions where you find yourself seeing a lightning, a thunderstorm of, of opportunity coming from right. the horizon, how can you set up as many lightning rods as you possibly can in right. this field? Like, how can you become a beacon for that? 
Yeah, because I think I think lightning can strike in the same place twice. If you're the place, if if that's you're that that thing, you know, then it's just a matter of how do you set it up, how do you make it happen, mm-hmm. right? It, it, okay, if you're you say, okay, I want my I want someone to read my script, mm-hmm. okay, but if you're only at home ever, yeah, how's that going to happen? Yeah, if you're only ever at the bar, is is your script getting done? Yeah, you know, because you're spending most of the time hungover. You know, if you're if you're bullshitting well i want to meet someone i want to fall in love but you just you know sit at home mm-hmm. well what's the, what's the chances of that happening for you that's right? very true i think it's a matter of it, and optimistically i hope this going out into the world and going i'm going to be a part of this i'm going to find these opportunities i'm going to make this happen by just being curious about the world around me and the people i spend time with and going i'm open to it i'm open to it all Give, give me your best shot. Mm-hmm. And I think that's where it starts to happen more often, right? Because you're going, all right, I'm going to, I'm going to go to the thing. I'm going to go check it out. I'm going to see, I'm going to, or I'm going to go, you know, I'm going to go home today. I'm going to put that working on that thing. And then the next time I'm, I'm going to go out now and somebody says, Hey, so how you been? What you been working on? Oh, actually I just finished this thing. And they go, really? Let me read it. You go, great. <laughs> it's Do you true. want a movie? Like, <laughs> yeah. you know, yeah. <laughs> I fervently think it's possible, man. I think it's fucking hard. Um, but it's a lot harder to, to me going into this business and, and the, the world around us going, ah, but it's just bullshit. I know, I know, I know, I know, I know. And I, this is why you and I- Cynical Mike! I know, this is, why, <laughs> this is why it's good that we're on the show together. Yeah. Because I think what happens is, um, whether you're talking about the business or mm-hmm. you're talking about love, right? Mm-hmm. Or you're just talking about life situations, right? Yeah. And what I love about what we're going to do with this podcast is we're kind of going to tackle all this stuff. So right. um, if you're tuning in and-, and uh, uh, you're here because you like our my other show and you want to get some more information or hear some like really romantic stories of how people uh, became successful actors or directors. Of course, we have access mm-hmm. to all these folks. So that's going to be a big portion of the show. A lot yeah. of actors, a lot of that stuff is going to be a big part of the show. But also, uh, I'm a firm believer in, I, I think I've experienced right place, right time more when it comes to my regular life, whether it's love or whether it's... Um, you know, finding that apartment mm-hmm. or, uh, you know, making a choice to go down one road that you would never go down before. Mm-hmm. And then on that road, you find something that's interesting, uh, like food and all this sort of really great stuff. So I think that I don't want to come off. <laughs> I don't want to come off sounding like I am super hardened and super cynical, but you know, I guess, you know, I guess I, I, I kind of am sometimes, you know. <laughs> so, Own it. Own it. <laughs> <laughs> so I, I, the reason why we're talking about this is that I don't want to be that guy. So mm-hmm. I, I hope to be proven wrong. Yeah. But it's really hard for me not to hear these things and just go like, yeah, but also. Bullshit. Bullshit. Yeah. yeah. So <laughs> uh, be prepared for the show. I yeah. think you're, you, you can hear just in this conversation what the show's going to be. Yeah. And I think that's one of the other big uh, benefits of this kind of show, right? Is to to be able to. It, we're all in those pockets at different times in life where we think, why the fuck am I doing this? And is it worth it? And I just don't feel good. And I used to know the path I was on. Now I don't even know where I'm heading anymore. Am I even making the right choices? I hope that this show can present people with conversations that uplift them. For you, for the audience, I hope that it uplifts you. I hope the stories you hear make you want to go fall in love. I hope that they make you want to take a risk and go after your dreams. And I hope that they help you feel a little more centered when you're driving to that job you don't really like and you wish you could be doing something else or you wish the opportunity would just come. I hope that it feels like for you at the end of each episode that I am this close to my right place in the right time. I believe you. I hope that too. I hope I feel that. That was pretty good. Can we get another take? Can I run that again? No, I hope I, I, there's no other takes. And as you listen to the show, this has been always my opinion on any podcast we do. Yeah. We don't rehearse. We don't do takes. Ah, we don't do gun. any of that stuff. That's why I like how awkward your intro is. I feel like it's like I just turned into fucking uh, the weatherman. <laughs> and now sports. Yeah. <laughs> um, well, all right. So if, if we're talking right place, right time, we should probably, you know, sort of set the tone here. We should talk about some stories and some some stuff yeah. that has happened to us. Um, and, you know, let's talk, I'm going to, let me start it. I'll, let me, I'll talk a bit about a weird situation that went some interesting places for me. 
Uh, years ago, this was years ago, and I have to sort of preface this because I am in a beautiful relationship now with my fiance, <laughs> which I'm completely happy with. But this was years ago, probably 1999, and uh, I was in film school. So I was just finishing my film course at New York Film Academy. Mm-hmm. So uh, you, what you did in that film course is you made a bunch of short films, and then your final short film was put into what they basically ran like a screening that was kind of like a festival. And you would invite all your parents out. So all the parents and all the folks would come into town to watch your final film. You'd get your diploma, which came in you know, great handy later on. But you'd get your <laughs> diploma, and then you'd fuck off. And so uh, I was in New York City. Union Square was where the school was. Uh, great fucking time. Really wild. Talk about like being out of your comfort zone and being in a completely different place. And then finding your confidence mm-hmm. in that place and being yeah. free. And the one thing I did learn romantically is that when I was able to open up my world and sort of go into a spot that I didn't know anything about, I really found strength in myself. And I found mm. the ability to be confident in like, I know how to take care of myself. I know how to be safe in situations. And I know how to be creative. And I know how to meet people. And I know how to get along with people that I've yeah. never met before at like a radical rate, mm-hmm. especially when you th- thrust yourself into a whole new world. You got to figure all that stuff out pretty mm-hmm. quick. So I was there. We screened my movie. My parents came into town and my brother came into town. We all watched the movies. It was a lot of trash movies and mine was okay. <laughs> watched our stuff. And then we were done. And my parents left before I did because I had to wrap out all my shit. I had to clean yeah. up my stuff. And um, I decided that I was going to take a train back from New York to Boston. Oh. So I put all my shit on the train and I was high at this point, right? Because I had just finished film school. Yeah. I had a plan. I'm like, I'm going to go home. I'm going to start my own production company. I'm going to keep making movies. And yeah. I was off that high of like, I just made a fucking movie and I screened it for people for the first time yeah. in my life. And strangers. You get that good validation and you're pumped. You're like, the fucking world's mine. And you walk differently, mm-hmm. right? So like, mm-hmm. I was just like, the, and you know what? I, I know it sounds condescending, but like after you go through the process of making a movie and doing something that's incredibly difficult, doing everyday tasks, you don't even, you're just like, yeah. I can fucking do this. I can get yep. on a train. I can fucking do all my shit without yeah. even thinking about it. You just walk with that sort mm-hmm. of confidence. And so I stepped on this train, sat down on a seat, and I'm feeling good about myself, right? Mm-hmm. And I was in this, maybe this was the right place, right time. You know, I was in mm-hmm. this spot and I hear this voice. I'm sitting in the chair. I hear this voice and it's like, is anybody sitting there? And I was like, no. And I look up and it's this gorgeous, like gorgeous woman, right? Mm-hmm. And so she has a seat next to me. Now, this is one of those things, right? This is like uh, what was the what was the Ethan Hawke movies like, uh, like Love in Paris or like yeah like, yeah what the fuck oh, was the name? He has that trilogy too with uh, what's yeah his name? like something a night. I know the audience members are like you idiot. Yeah, uh, but yeah. Anyway, so it's like it's a typical Hollywood movie sort of setup. Yeah, right. Now, if, if it was any other time, I probably would have been just in the middle of thought on something else, I Mm -hmm. wouldn't have had sort of that beaming light confidence that was coming out of me because of everything that was happening. And so she sat down next to me and I don't know what it was. And I just turned around and I went, Hey, I'm Mike. And I put out my hand and I was just like, how are you? You know? Mm -hmm. And it wasn't just the fact that I said, hi, I'm Mike. How are you? It was the fact that I was exuding all of that like confidence and all of that insanity. Mm -hmm. And she looked at me and she was like, Hey, and I, you can tell that she, could feel that coming mm-hmm. right in that moment. And she gave me this look. And I don't know if you guys recognize this look. I'm sure you, at some point in your life, will. Mm-hmm. Will you say someone say something to a girl or whoever you're attracted to, mm-hmm. and they just look at you just a little too long, and it's just a little bit differently. Mm-hmm. And because of the, I don't want to say cockiness, but because of the confidence that I had in that moment, I went, oh, oh. Okay. So this is it. This is it, right? You've yeah. had moments like that, right? Dad, yeah. Yeah. So what would your next step be if, if you saw that look? <sighs> oh, man. Now put, I'm filming him on the spot. Yeah, like, put you on the oh, spot. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Tough guy. Well, what do you do then? <laughs> <laughs> You're staring in the eyes of the love of your life. For, I don't know why I turned into Sam Elliott right there. <laughs> it was always you. <laughs> um, 
I, I feel like you just got to keep drumming conversation, man. That's it, man. You got you to ask about that person. Yep. Got to so, get curious. Why are you on the train? Right? Yeah. And then you just ask that Where question. Headed? And then you start to hear yourself say things that are just very movie. They're yeah. just very corny movie lines. Like, yep. why are you on the train by yourself? What's going on? You know? And, and, and yeah. then you start falling down this hole. You got to be careful not to be like, are you riding by yourself today? Yeah. yeah. Where are your bags at? Why are you moving seats? What happened? <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> I, think, I think that went well. <laughs> uh, but uh, yeah, so uh, our, that train ride ended up being, I forget how long the train ride from there is. It wasn't the speed train, so it was probably like four hours or something. Yeah. I think it was. That sounds about right. Um, and in that period of time, there was such a personal connection with a stranger. It was so fast. Mm-hmm. It was so fucking fast. We're like, we could, we didn't stop talking. Like the entire time it was like, oh wow. yeah, and this, and then, then this. And then I started to learn about her family and she started to learn about my family. And we, we were just getting fucking deep. Mm-hmm. And there even hit this point, strangely, where like we both were kind of like, are we in a light, are we in a thunderstorm? You know what I mean? Like we mm-hmm. had, we both were like, this is weird. I never really talked to someone like this. You know what I mean? Yeah. So then you start looking around and you're like, wow, this is a fucking thunderstorm. Mm-hmm. This is a kind of a thing. And I remember like she, she like touched my hand. And then it was like the testing of like, yeah. can I run out into this field? Can I go do yeah. this thing real quick? And and I touched her hand back, and then then it just it just progressed. Yeah, and the thing went. I mean, we're on a train, so you know it's not like we, yeah. you know, it's not like we went There's into the bathroom. So far, the story There's can only go, so far. Right? <laughs> like, it hit every note in in I'd say the, the three hours where it was just like the connection of two people, mm-hmm. solid connection of two people. And um, we got to, she ended up getting off, I think, in Connecticut or something. So she got off Ah. much further out than me. And so the cynicism comes in, right? So the cynicism sort of sneaks in and she's like, yeah, my stop's in Connecticut. I'm like, she's in Connecticut. I'm all the way in Boston. So that's not going to really work out. And so as I heard that, I remember just going, okay, so maybe this doesn't lead to us becoming romantically entwined and me having yeah. the most passionate relationship of my life, maybe this 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 interaction means something else. Mm-hmm. And as we sort of talked and we went through this whole uh, relationship essentially together on this yeah. train to the point where it was almost like tear-filled eyes mm. when it was time to go. I remember like, I think I got off the train with her and I was on the platform. We said goodbye. I hugged her and then she left and then I stepped back on the train. Like, Oof. this is not, I'm not making this up. This is fucking real deal. So like that whole thing happened. Remember when I sat in the seat as uh, the train pulled off and she waved goodbye and I waved goodbye and we exchanged phone numbers, which I never called her. I never, never did anything what? after. Never did anything after. And I just sat on that train and I was like completely content with uh, the entire experience. Yeah. Because- the cynicism in me started to sneak in where I'm mm-hmm. like, everything's going to be more complicated. Everything's going to become something different. Mm-hmm. And, I, and I, what it ended up doing for me was that I realized at that moment that I can understand that I'm in a situation that is special mm-hmm. and I can act on that situation that is special. Yeah. And I can lower my defenses and give in to a situation that is special and have that entire experience with it. Yeah. And I, I don't think it was supposed to be anything more than that. I don't think we were supposed to have kids and go through have the process the of falling out of yeah. love and like whatever the fuck else that would have ended up being. But see, but see, this goes back to the whole idea that it is possible to craft your own destiny mm-hmm. because you chose to go to film school and then you chose to make sure your family came out to watch the thing and then you chose to say, I'm going to take the train back instead and to give yourself this sort of experience of, I'm not going to just rip the bandit off, throw my shit in the car and haul ass out of New York City. I'm mm-hmm. going to go through this process of saying goodbye to New York City. Mm-hmm. I'm going to go pack my shit. I'm going to get my stuff on the train. I'm going to take this train ride, this, this pilgrimage all the way back home. Mm-hmm. And that... And because you were already had put the work into your film that then gets received well, so now you're just big man on campus. You feel yes, great. Yes. So when you sit in that train car, all that stuff is a result that you have in you is a result of choices you made to pursue 
the best form of yourself. Yes. And so when that person gets on the train and sees you, they're not saying Mike had a bad fucking day and Mike's a little hungover and then he lost, forgot something in, in the room that he's got to get mailed to him. And I got to figure that out. And he tripped and fell and one of the wheels broke on his luggage. So he's just having a bad fucking day. And just please God to let anyone fucking talk to me on this four hour ride. I just want to get some sleep. Mm-hmm. That's not the Mike that's sitting there. It's mm-hmm. the other one. Mm-hmm. The charming. Right. The, I'm excited. And those things... Because you made the choices, you chose to be that person, unconsciously or consciously. I think when we go after the things that we want, um, and we're we're moving with love, and we're inviting people into that space with us, that's we're we're choosing the best version of ourselves. It's true. It's, you know, that's a that's a very good way of looking at it. So was it bullshit, or <laughs> did you? manicure your own i don't know if manicures are one way to say that did you craft your own right place right time and you didn't even know it well maybe okay so i would say we're gonna get him to be optimistic folks (laughs) i would say i would say that because this is the cynicism coming out i would say that because Mm -hmm. i was prepared yeah because i was confident Mm -hmm. because I was walking in there, like you said, like, you know, big swinging dick, like big, Mm -hmm. big man on campus. I had the ability to witness or to see something that was worth seeking out. Yeah. And so I think at that moment I went, so what are you doing on the train? As soon as I asked that question, I was like, okay, that's the thing. Right. And then when she looked back and she was just like, Oh, yeah. And then I was like, yeah, I forget the exact conversation because it was like 1999. But she looked back and she said something like, um, so why are you traveling by yourself on the train? And I was just like, ah, I just wrapped up some excited. And I wasn't being bravado like, hey, I'm a fucking movie director. Yeah. You know, I made a movie. and I did all this stuff. I said, I just had a really crazy year of my life in New yeah. York. And, you know, and I'm going back home. And I started to share stuff with a stranger mm-hmm. that I would never share. Like, I had this crazy year of my life and I'm going back home and I'm really excited about the future. I'm really excited about what I've learned. And yeah. And and I think the the confidence that I had to put that sort of positivity out there. Yeah. She sucked it right up. And she was just like, Yeah. Wow, that's amazing. You know? What a cool way to interact with like I love those kind of stories where you get to in have an inter a positive interaction with just a total stranger. I fucking love them too, man. Dude, I was um I was flying to Texas. Um to do that that um, that Prince film for television. Oh, right. And on the plane, I'm sitting next to this guy, and I'm just kind of minding my business, ordering my little drink. Like, uh, the guy goes, do I know you from something? <laughs> I go, <laughs> finally, it's happening. <laughs> <laughs> and I go, uh, uh, I mean, uh, I've, been, I've been in a, at that point, I'd only been in one movie. So I was like, yeah, I've, I've been in a, in a movie, you know. Uh, one only one that you might have seen everything else you know mm-hmm. he was like equalizer two i just watched it last night in my hotel room and i was like really he's like yeah you're the guy gets hands broke i said <laughs> yeah and we had a cool we talked so much the whole plane ride yeah and had so many fucking beers that people around us started complaining because they couldn't go to sleep because we were talking so much yeah and he was such a cool guy and, and remember we exchanged information and then the next time he flew out to Boston for work again, we he was like, hey, I'm in town. I was like, sure, dude, I'll drive up to Boston. Went up to Boston. We ended up doing a karaoke bar. Had a blast. No shit. Never spoke to him again. No shit. But it was just like the idea of being able to have this really positive interaction with someone and then getting to revisit that interaction again with them when they come back to visit town mm-hmm. and have another wonderful time. And that's it. There's no like extra thing. There's no catch. The guy didn't end up being a weirdo or any funky shit. It was just guy came in town. Knew we had a good conversation. Was like, you want to hang out again? Mm-hmm. Yeah, great, dude. Sick. Mm-hmm. It's like when you know the kid up the street gets a new new basketball, and you're like, do you want to? Do you want to like play around in the driveway? Do you want to? You know, like you want to hang out for a bit? Like, mm-hmm. oh, you got a new video game? Do you want to hang out? Hey, I got a new video game. I just got a second controller. Do you want to come to the house and play? Because I've we I've never been able to play with anyone yet, mm-hmm. and I like hanging out with you. Maybe you like doing this thing too. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. and, and then that's and like that never has to go anywhere. It never has to be anything more than just two people being able to go. I like I like being around you. This is the shit. 
this is nice. This feels good. I think we get more of that stuff, man. Like it's, it's good for us. I think you, it was very important that you sort of pointed out those things where you're like, it wasn't weird. There was no weird shit. I wasn't feeling as yeah. those things that you're rattling off are the things that are, are defense mechanisms that mm-hmm. are consistently in our minds, right? Yeah. Where we see someone that's walking up to us and like, who's this motherfucker? What does he want? Yeah. Or, if, you know, like you're in a space and someone is like, over talking you and it's like what is this person trying to get what was happening what we do is we close ourselves off so quickly Mm -hmm. and i don't know why it's funny as we're talking about this right now it really is sort of light dawning on dumbass's head i don't know why (laughs) we don't just sort of drop those more because i feel like when i do if i'm in the right mood when i leave the house and we go out or i go out with gina i'm like let's go get into some trouble that, mm-hmm. that that doesn't mean like, hey, let's go get, grab the guns and go rob the fucking Seven Eleven down right, the street. Right. That means like, hey, I'm actually going to open myself up to weird situations and weird yeah. moments. And every fucking time I do, mm-hmm. it may not be the lightning storm that we're talking about, but it's the start of a lightning storm. You feel like you're on the edge of a fucking tornado to yeah. a certain extent. You're like, hey, what's going on here? And, and, and you you meet these fucking randos, mm-hmm. um, and then the next thing you know. I'm telling that story later. Yeah. I'm telling that story on this show where you're mm-hmm. just like, wow. And the funny part is, is that the only reason why that existed was because I was like, let's go cause some trouble. Yeah. Yeah. It's 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 that moment. It's the let's go for it. Mm-hmm. And and I think it's gotta be positive, right? Mm-hmm. Like we were in Antigua. Uh, this past year for uh, like a couple's vacation. Um, Beck and I were initially going to go uh, um, and her friend, or I think it was like a plan to be a group thing. Then Beck and I started dating and then it was like, oh, we should do this as a couple thing. Like, yeah, fuck yeah, let's do it. Um, and, I, and I didn't really know her her best friend and her man that super well yet. Like I'd been around them a few times. So I was like, well, this would be great too because then it gives me like a week to just get sort of like some isolated time with them to get to know them better and like, you know, form this bond because it's my, my lady's best friend. Like sure. it's, a, it's important, sure. you know? Sure. Uh, and also we're in the fucking tropics. So I'm like, what what better way is there to get to know somebody <laughs> than like, I'm gonna go sit by the pool. You want to just shoot the shit? Yeah. yeah, yeah. Okay, yeah, sure. Yeah, yeah. Um, and... There was a day that we wanted to jet ski and I remember it was like, it got to a point where we were trying so hard to figure out how to make it happen and find a place. And it was getting close to like when places were going to close. Cause we figured they're going to be open at least until like dusk. Mm-hmm. Um, and her friend was like, you know, I think you guys like forcing this a little bit and rightly so fair, very fair assessment. And I was like, I feel you, but let's lean into it. You know, <laughs> right? Like we're gonna we're gonna make it happen. I feel good about this. You know, and we finally and it, it, mind you, we're in the van with like our, our our cabbie, and he's just calling around place after place after place. Not like he's calling the front desk. He's calling people he knows. Like, oh, can I get a jet ski here? Can I get a jet ski there? Can I get a jet ski here? And we pull up to the place, and they're like, "There's no fucking jet ski. This is bullshit." <laughs> but there's a bar right here, so fuck it. Yeah. And then maybe 15 minutes later. We're haggling price. They finally get to a good spot, which is also cool because then um, Becca's friend's boyfriend, like we were like, oh, you know, you girls go down to the beach and relax. And he was like, all right, so how do you want to do this? I'm like, I think we don't, we don't, we hit him with this price. I'm hit the ceiling and we'll figure out, we'll find it. He's like, okay, yeah, yeah, I think you do. And I'm like, great. Now, now we're like, it's cool because like we're off to the side. And we go over to the guy, ah, we think this much. Ah, I don't know if I can do that enough. Well, you know, you let him know, you let us know what you want to do. If not, Eugene drives back to the resort and fuck it. Oh, let me see, let me see, let me see. So I'm like, oh, this is kind of cool. We're like, we're not strong arming the guy, but like, I feel this bond now connecting between me, <laughs> me and uh, and and her uh, her friend's man, because like we're we're like brothers in arms at this point, right? Yeah. We must protect our ladies from bad deal, you know. <laughs> and we get everything sorted out, and then you look up on the horizon, and here come these two jet skis around the around the coast. Yeah. And it's blam blam blam, and they come all the way up to up to the shore to us, and I go, holy shit. How cool is this? Like, what a cool situation where you jump in this random van with a cabbie, yeah. drive half, feels like halfway across the island, yeah. get to this little rinky-dink bar, have some decent drinks, but they're super cheap, yeah. haggle over bar, like you haggle over price in the sand, and then right there in the fucking sunset comes the thing. Yeah. And just pulls right up to you, and like, they show us how to hop on, buckle us up, we get on it, and then... And Becca's like riding behind me and we just rip it through the water and we have a fucking blast. And even when like her friend was done and wanted to get off and I was like, well, let me take you into the shore, you know, so you can, she's not by herself. So I take Becca in 
And then it's just her, her girl, uh, her, her friends, man, and I just on the bike, wham, 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 just running, riding around, having a fucking blast. I thought, oh man, mm-hmm. this was so cool. Mm-hmm. If we had said, well, I don't really want to do this, or this is too difficult. Fuck it. No, no, no. Let's just stay in the resort. It's easy. It's, it's safer. Blah blah blah. Because we've been there. I've never been there. Yeah, I've been that guy that says that. Yeah. yeah. And then, then the question is, is that experience? Okay, let's say that experience didn't go that route. Let's say mm-hmm. that you guys were like, hey, let's go down and buy a jet ski. Mm-hmm. You had the amount of money that the, you needed for the jet ski, so mm-hmm. you just went down and you're like, how much is it? All right, here you go. And then you guys got on jet skis and you took off. Yeah. Like, it wouldn't have been as charged. It wouldn't have been as yeah. electric. It yeah. wouldn't have been a thunderstorm at that point because yeah. you had this, like, try- <laughs> I'm curious to see as this show plays out, what the main threads are mm-hmm. that make these things these things happen. Yeah. And right now, what's sort of coming out at the forefront for me is like trusting in yourself enough mm-hmm. to to walk into a space that you don't know or talk yeah. to someone that you don't know. So confidence, I guess, trust and confidence is a big part of it. And then just curiosity and the ability to see something and be curious about something. It seems yeah. like th- those two things are coming out pretty strong, at right. least right now. Right. We'll see if that ends up being part of the formula for what this mm. right place, right time thing Ooh, is. You know what? I got, I, got, I got a good one for the business. Okay, yeah. What you got? So it's twofold. Um, this is back in, I want to say, 20, 2020. Okay. Um, Ubering here in Los Angeles. Right, and, like so many actors. That's yeah. the way you got to make your cash. Yeah. And you, you hear the... Well, that's great to Uber out here because you can meet executives and this and that. And I had already like done the thing of, well, I dropped somebody off at Disney or I dropped somebody off here. And like, they might be nice, but at no point did anything ever like go anywhere. At no point did the conversation is even cool enough where you feel like, you know, we should exchange information. Maybe they'll let me stay in touch and eventually I can like reach out to them. Or maybe, uh, you know, maybe they'll be, they'll want to like, they'll like uh, today of all days, I'll just fucking crush my pitch for my fucking unfinished <laughs> script. It'll be enough for them to be like, fuck yeah, send me that. And I'll go home. I'll be motivated to finish it now because I have to. And and then everything will just happen after this and life will be great and I'll make movies and make money and I'll be rich and it'll be awesome. Right. As and if, that, like that. As if the fucking like executives like, hey, you know, I'm looking for a new actor. I should probably yeah. order a lift yeah <laughs> like, like, like that's gonna fuck yeah and happen. or an uber x at that yeah <laughs> you know like they're taking uber black man that's not but here i am here i am driving uber one night and um i'm picking somebody up from some like hotel bar uh super nice lady uh juliana politsky uh i don't know if she's still at legendary but at the time she was a financial producer for legendary and <clears throat> We get to just shooting the shit in the car. She's got a, a fairly long ride back. I want to say like maybe 30, 40 minutes or something. Mm-hmm. And she's incredibly kind. And we just start chatting. And we get to talking about, uh, I think I had asked her like, now that we're comfortable into the conversation, I was like, how do you, you know, like as a producer, like, do you, are you like the person that has to go out and talk to people? Like, how do you do that? Because I said, you know, for me, the thing I have the most difficulty with is I, I, I don't feel confident when I'm put into a scenario of going here and network. That's what this is about. Tonight's a networking event. I get so uncomfortable. Why are you uncomfortable? Is it the stress of it? Yeah, I think I think I, I front load it too much. I get stressed out. I get anxious. I get uncomfortable. Mm-hmm. And I have I now I know I have to just go, fuck it. And just like it's just about just making like any kind of connection. It's not about getting anything. Sure. Right? Yeah, At the yeah. time I I couldn't rationalize that. Right. And she didn't necessarily say, hey, here's the blueprint for how to do this. What she did and said, I think, was even more helpful. Was she gave me an example of a time that she had an opportunity to have a cool conversation and didn't, how she regretted it, and what that led to. So mm-hmm. here's her story. Okay. She tells me how she gets invited to this party in Hollywood Hills early on in her producing career. Um, and then she's at this party, and she's meeting all these cool people, and lo and behold there is quentin tarantino <laughs> and she's like holy shit lightning i gotta talk to him mm-hmm. like what are the chance like yeah it's a hollywood party but still tarantino what's the fucking shit yeah like that like where it's one of the people you go holy shit even in this room that's a holy shit moment right and what kind of party is this now become now that tarantino's at this right. party right 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 and is there is there is there an opportunity to mm-hmm. go talk to him do you see the moment mm-hmm. and she sees the moment there's an opening and she can't do it freezes up can't like just you know 
And he leaves and that's it. And life goes on. And she said, fuck. And she said, I told myself after that, if I ever got the chance to speak to someone like that again, where I felt that way of like, oh, oh, that's the, that's so-and-so. Mm. I love their stuff, mm. you know, that I would go for it. Mm. And especially if it's Tarantino. Mm. So then she says, a few years later, she's out to brunch. And as she's about to leave, she notices George R. R. Martin, creator of Game of Thrones, sitting, uh, having brunch with somebody. <laughs> and she said, ah, holy shit, here's a moment. Right place, right time, right here. She's like, I'm not fucking letting it pass by. She tells her friends, go ahead, I'll catch up. She goes to the bathroom, get herself right. Okay. She said, and mind you, she said, when it was all, the fact that George R. R. Martin, she goes, I had a theory about the show. So she's like, so it helped because unlike with Tarantino, she's like, I had something very specific that I wanted to, that I knew I could talk to him about. Right. So her theory was. Hold on. That's the lightning rod. Keep going. Yep. So she goes, my theory was that George R. R. Martin, since he came to Hollywood to be a screenwriter and it never worked out, he then went back to writing fiction, novels, and created Game of Thrones. And Game of Thrones is just an allegory for trying to succeed in Hollywood. <laughs> so seven major kingdoms, seven major studios. It's a good theory. So she goes over, excuse me, talks to him, says, hey, I have this theory about what Game of Thrones is really about. Here it is. You used to be a screenwriter. It didn't work out. You wrote this novel. It's a, it means this. It translates to this is Hollywood. The seven major kingdoms are the seven major studios. Is that right? Mm -hmm. And she goes, he smiles. He reaches down, pulls out this little satchel, takes out an authentic Westeros coin, hands me the coin, <laughs> and that's it. <laughs> Come on. Bullshit. And so she he leaves. Say, oh, she pulls out a fucking satchel? Yes. <laughs> and she goes... <laughs> She goes, I said, so did he confirm it? Did he say it? She goes, like, no, he didn't say yes. He didn't confirm it. She's like, which kind of kind of like, right? Like you almost you almost don't want to have it confirmed whether or not it's right. I said, but also, as a fucking video game nerd, that's like you just unlocked a side quest achievement. Like <laughs> you you found yeah. yourself in the opportunity for a side quest. You ran over, did the side quest, you chose the perfect dialogue options yeah. to then not get the answer, the kind of confirmation, but to get <laughs> as good of a confirmation as I think it's gonna fucking get. <laughs> yeah, right. I was like, that is so and now you have this like authentic Westeros coin where like who's gonna have access to those other than like the props people? You know what I mean? Right, like right. but also you got one from the guy. Yeah, it's crazy. Like, dude. That's like I, I was like, I hope I hope if you ever get severely injured in life, if you have that coin on you, you get to ready player one it, insert that coin, and, and God goes, Ah, fuck, she's got the coin. Okay, set her back. <laughs> she's good, put her back in. Uh, okay, so great story, by the way. Uh couple questions. Mm -hmm. One First question for you. Yeah. So you're in the car, you're riding in the car, right? Yeah. You're being nice. Like, how did the conversation start? Like, what you, how are you doing? So I had this thing, a, a test that I would do with when I was Ubering, where the first question I would ask, well, first it's about setting up the atmosphere, right? Um, I always played Motown and oldies when I was driving because mm -hmm. I knew for a fact nothing is going to get said lyrically that's going to offend anybody. Mm-hmm. Um, a lot of the songs are very relaxing, but you can kind of tap your foot. Like you're not necessarily going to fall asleep, sure, but yeah. you can, you know, you can kind of bob along to it and you might, there's a good chance that there's going to be something that someone's going to know the words and want to hum along to, or they start to sing. You can turn up a little bit and be like, don't be shy. Go ahead. Mm -hmm. And you get to let them be the rock star for the next five, 10 minutes. Right. Mm -hmm. So it's about creating that atmosphere already that helps people. Mm -hmm. But with the first question I would always ask is, Hey, how's your day been? Uh, and their answer told me if they wanted to talk. All right. If they start telling me about their day, I know they're open to conversation. If they say, it was good. Then you're done. Yep, then I know. Cool. And then I don't have to force and try to go, hey, I was thinking about this thing today. It's a crazy story. Let me talk about the thing. You know, I want to chat. I want to chit chat. I'm the Uber driver that chats. <laughs> yeah. Uber chats, you know? Yeah. So I would just say, how's your day been? Ah, you know, it's been a little crazy, actually. Really? What happened? And the... Bah, 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 bah. Yeah. Or they go, ah, it's pretty good. Yeah. Not so great. Yeah. Ah. Like, I, I had a lady one time I picked up. It was a sad story, actually. She, I picked her up uh, from the hospital in Boston. She just found out... Uh, I'm sorry, not from the hospital. I think she was, like, leaving work early. She just found out um, she actually had terminal cancer. Jesus Christ. Got that call. Got an Uber to go home. Jesus Christ. Like, at the moment. Mm-hmm. So... Like always. Uh -huh. How's your day been? 
And she goes, it's not, not great, really. And I was like, oh, shit, really? What's going on, man? I'm sorry. And she, you know, it's a little hard. But I said, okay, hey, if you don't want to talk about it, you don't got to talk about it. I could put the music up. No problem. Yeah, yeah. No, it's fine. And she starts to talk. She starts to open up. She starts to share this experience with me. Jesus. And I'm going, oh, man, here I am feeling like I want to bitch and complain because I'm like, I got to drive 90 minutes up here to fucking Boston to drive in all this fucking traffic. And I'm hungry and I don't want to do this. And when is my, my big break? I'm a good actor. I work hard. And here's this person who just found out today that they're probably going to die soon. Yeah. Jesus. It puts things in perspective for you, right? I like the fact that we're putting this, this is a great story. And mm-hmm. I like the fact that we're putting this into perspective with the sound of the garbage truck behind us yeah. at the same yeah. time. You know, guys, there is a continuity that goes between all the shows that yeah. I do, <laughs> which is the great sound. Yeah. Um, dude, that's crazy, man. Oh, I'm sorry. I didn't even I didn't even answer your question. So so with uh, Juliana, the, the producer from Legendary. Yes. Um, when I asked, like, how's your day going? It was she was clearly was ready, eager to chat. Right. She was very friendly, very open. Mm-hmm. Um, and because I didn't understand what producers did. Uh, outside of just like a general idea, I just love with curiosity. Like, what is that job? Like, I don't understand what that is. What do you guys do? What is it? Well, when you heard her say like, hey, I'm a producer, like what was going on in your head at that point? Were you like, oh shit, this is my moment. Like this is the time I can talk to a producer and this is Dude, what I can yeah. do. Yeah. Initially, like, like you can't get away from that very first reactionary thought of like, holy shit. Okay. So Adel fucking legendary. Whoa. Okay. 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 So there's nothing wrong with that. Mm-hmm. So this is, this is an important thing, right? As we sort of talk about recognizing and realizing yeah. and knowing when you're in a lightning storm or when there's yeah. a potential for a lightning storm. Yeah. And then it's, what do you do with that? Do right. I go, oh, here's the thing. Yeah, and I've had that happen I, in Boston. I was, um, I forget, it was a casting director that was working with Disney at the time, and this is way before Mandalorian, like years and years before, where they had just announced that there was going to be a Boba Fett project of some sort. Mm-hmm. And I remember getting to talk to her about this, and she was, I was like, you know, I think this is it is. She was like, oh yeah. She was like, well, who do you think we should cast as it? Who do you, who do you think could play Boba Fett? I said, me, of course. <laughs> I was like, fuck this. I'm swinging my bat. I'm going for it, you know? She was like, oh, okay. Conversation died immediately after that. I was yeah. like, fuck. Yeah. And now we're in the Williams Tunnel with traffic, and I'm like, this is awkward and tough to get out of. <laughs> Nothing is worse. You want to talk about a bad traffic? Have an awkward conversational beat where there's nothing else to talk about, and you're in traffic. Sure. Cool. Sure. You just walked in, you just walked yeah. in there and swung that Went baseball for bat around. So I had learned that lesson. And so then yeah. when I spoke to the lady from Legendary, I said, I had the moment of like, holy shit, this could be the, this is what everybody talks about. And I said, yeah, but I'm enjoying this conversation also. Right. It's like great. I was enjoying it already before I found that out. And I go, I don't want to, I don't want to, I don't want to fuck this conversation up because this is nice, you know? And, and maybe, maybe this is also nice for her. Maybe we're both just enjoying two people having a cool conversation and there's no strings attached. Mm-hmm. And so then I got curious. And I said, well, what do I want to know? Well, I would like to talk more about the business with her, but I don't want her to feel like I'm trying to get something because I really don't give a fuck about doing that right now. Mm-hmm. So, okay, what, do, what does it mean to be a producer? What do you do? What's that job? And then she starts to talk more about it. And I go, okay, so like, how do you do the, this networking thing? Like, if you're this, like, you know, how do you go out there and like make those things happen? Like, I have so much trouble with that. What do you like, what do you suggest? Right? Because like, you do this a lot. And then that leads us into this fucking, those fucking cool stories from her, right? Yeah. Of like her being in the right place at the right time. And I love that story in particular because it's me having a right place at the right time where she gets to share with me the stories of her right places at the right time. That's great, dude. As advice. Mm. And at the end of the conversation, we were able to exchange information. Um, and and I think we, we talked a little bit briefly back and forth and then COVID hit and it just sort of like, every, you know, everything, everything fucking stops. Everything just sort of dissolves, yeah. But what I appreciated from that experience was just having a genuine, real conversation with somebody. Again, no weird shit. There's no like undertone of like, oh, she may be interested in me. There's none of that. It's literally just the most straightforward, warm, kind conversation yep. where a person who knows more is able to impart some advice through a great story yep. that teaches me something while I'm in the midst of having my own right place, right time moment. Yep. And then I can go forward in life with that and go, ah, so when I if, I, if I have the moment where I see somebody, I go, ah, that's so-and-so. I have that story in the back of my head. I also have that that memory of this conversation with Juliana to go, don't make it about trying to get something, though. It's a, that's exactly it. 
That's exactly it. Because it's the same thing with mm-hmm. me on the train with that woman. Yeah. So like you, you, you find that comes in the confidence. Yeah. Right. You, that comes in the confidence where right. you're confident. I think you sort of hit a point. The more years you're around, mm-hmm. the more years you do your shit, the more time that you have to sort of figure out who you are eternally. Yeah. You realize that this isn't the only time that's going to happen. Right. And you realize that this, these things potentially could be happening more frequently than you think that they're happening. Mm-hmm. And then you also realize, like, if I'm not walking in like I need the job, mm-hmm. maybe I'll get the job. Yeah. And so uh, I think that's a, a very important ingredient to really making the most out of these moments. And, yeah. and I think for me, when I had these right place, right time things. And there are plenty of stories that we'll share over all these different shows that we do, all these episodes. Mm -hmm. But when I first started to have them, I think I had them accidentally because I really wasn't looking for it. Yeah, And there there wasn't something that I was looking for out of it. So Mm -hmm. I was just sort of morbidly going, let's see where this fucking goes. And that, like, because I had done that enough, I started to realize that that's the magic in the right place, right time is just Mm -hmm. sort of being like, I'm not looking for anything. We'll see what happens. Yeah. And where do we end up and where 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 do we find ourselves? Right. It's um, curiosity. Yeah. You know, it's it's and I think if you're if you're looking at the situation going, I don't need to get anything out of this. Mm-hmm. It it's okay if I don't gain anything from this. Mm-hmm. I think that in itself is choosing an optimistic approach to life because you have already taken a positive mindset. Whatever this outcome is it will be fine. I will be fine. That is an incredibly optimistic point of view as opposed to going, I have to make this happen or like, what if this fucking never happens again? This this kind of stuff doesn't happen to me mm-hmm. all the time. I have to I have to see this moment. You're already telling yourself, I'm not lucky. Things don't happen well for me. Uh, and so this moment, I'm so, I, I, I have to absolutely seize and wring this moment for every drop of juice because good things don't happen to me. It is already a negative mindset. Yeah, and then the person that you're interacting with reads all that on your yeah. face because you that is such an emotional, mm-hmm. self-deprecating yeah. thing that you're putting yourself through right. that it's going to read physically. Yeah. And you're robbing yourself physically. of your own value right then and there. It's valuable. It's interesting stuff. It's interesting stuff. We're at about what forty six minutes. Forty six minutes. Yeah, we'll keep yeah. this. We'll, we'll try to keep this show to about an hour. Yeah, this won't be like the uh, the long running fucking rants that I do yeah. on the Is other. Scorsese episodes. producing in love with the process. Is that what's happening? <laughs> have you crossed over a three hour episode yet? Uh, yes, I actually have. <laughs> <laughs> and you can get this in two parts on Patreon. <laughs> That's pretty much it. Um, well, all right. So let's pivot a bit here. Mm-hmm. So as we do this show, we are going to invite uh, guests from all sorts of different walks of life yep. onto the show. Uh, you'll hear a lot from actors. You'll hear a lot from film people because mm-hmm. why the fuck not? That you guys love that shit. But also, you're going to hear from people that uh, are romantics or have been in situations where there's a lot of interesting romance mm-hmm. stuff happening. You and I haven't talked about this, but I'm actually talking to like Vogue's magazine, Vogue magazines. Uh, wedding, what is it? Wedding editor or something? And oh, so like, and I'm like, oh, you got all sorts of weird stories about yeah. love and stuff. And so, um, we're just gonna fucking reach out and uh, do all this thing. And Lance and I are. This is sort of like a a pilot program for the show. We're mm-hmm. gonna bang out about ten episodes to get yeah. started, and we'll see how it goes. And what's important with this show is your engagement as you're listening. Mm-hmm. We want feedback from you. If you follow me at uh, Mike Petchy, or if you follow the podcast network now at In Love With The Process Pod, mm-hmm. or if you follow Lance. At Go Lance Go. At Go Lance Go. Uh, we'll be doing posts all the time, and we want you to interact with us. Yeah. I recently, prior to Christmas, I recently did a post, uh, which seemed like it came out of nowhere, but now it makes sense to many of you who listen mm-hmm. to the show. Like, what is your right place, right time? Have you ever had this yeah. thing? Um, and I had a bunch of really interesting posts put up there. And we're going to do this more frequently. Whether you see me sort of triggering you or Lance triggering you to answer a question, I would definitely do so because a couple things could happen. One, we could read your story on the show like we're going to do now. Mm-hmm. Two, we may get to a point where your story is so fascinating, maybe we have you on the show and we talk mm-hmm. to you about what that story is, Yeah, which could be fun and interesting. Um, and, uh, you know, 
three, it's just engagement for us. Like we're going to try to get you guys to, we're going to try to trigger you to put yourself in the best position to be in the right place, right time. And we're going to trigger ourselves Mm -hmm. often to be in the best position for that. Uh, So first let me, uh, I'm going to pick one of the posts. So I did a post on Instagram um, that specifically asks about your right place, right time. Um, and I, of course, posted it from my cynical point of view. Is it real? Like, does it fucking mean anything? Um, and so I got this one post here. I got to try to zoom in here. And I love reading uh, Instagram handles because uh, I don't necessarily know what they mean. Uh, so this is from Adatai. So A-D-A-O-T-I-E. How would you say that? Adatai? Adatai? I guess. Whatever fucking idiot uh (laughs) let me read this one uh they say i got one a few years ago uh, i was taking a day off from work and my brother was having an interview that day he asked me if i wanted to come with him and i was feeling very lazy because it was my day off so i was like okay i'll come with you just curious about the place that he had his interview then when i got there to the agency office where my brother had the interview Uh, We go separate ways. He did his interview, and I just sit in the lobby waiting for my brother, like a person who just got lost, just watching the repeated ads on the TV. I'm trying to read his stuff here. Just watching the repeated ads on the TV in the corner of the room uh, about how working in this particular place is going to change your life, blah, blah, blah. Okay, so on the television- They actually wrote blah, blah, blah. Mike's not- (laughs) Yeah, they actually wrote blah, blah, blah. Yeah, they did. So on the television, they were doing sort of ads for whatever this job was, is how I read this. Few minutes waiting, one of the employee there asked me if I had- (laughs) I'm going to change some of your grammar here to help you out. One of the employees there asked me if I had scheduled for an interview or was applying for a job. I said, no, I'm just waiting for my brother. Then she asked me about my background education and asked me if I'm interested in working abroad uh, in a hotel in the Middle East. I said, yeah, okay, I'll try and apply. She asked me to come back and the next day I applied. So the next day I did come back and applied and yada, yada, yada. That's what he writes. And I got accepted to that job. And a few months later, I'm in another country working. That's pretty cool. Yeah. I mean, your grammar sucks, but your story's really great. Uh, yeah. The talk about right place, right time. Yeah. And the thing that I think that's interesting about the story is that he was just like curious about, well, let's go see where you're going to have this interview. And you're going to go sit in the lobby. I've done that stuff before. Yeah. I've done that stuff. I'll, I'll save it for another show because we're, we're approaching, but I went with a friend of mine to his AA meeting once. And mm. so it was the same kind of, that's what I felt when I was reading his thing where I was like, yeah, let's go see what this yeah. spot's all about. Yeah. Uh, so I think that's a sense of curiosity that comes naturally to us as storytellers, but mm-hmm. it's always interesting when you hear someone else have that, right. that curious moment. Yeah. What's their experience? Good little right place, right time. Great story. Great sharing. Thank you. Great sharing. Thank you. Your grammar has uh, really infected me. (laughs) (laughs) I just want to make sure we don't like the audience knows. You're not just going blah, blah, blah. Yada, yada, yada. yada, yada. No, that's what they actually wrote in there. all the details. (laughs) I was like, "Ah, so this is your right place, right time story, but I don't think the details is necessary. (laughs) Um, All right. So. As we sort of pursue the end of this episode here, uh, I just wanted to say that uh, the show is going to be dropping as frequently as we can, and the show mm-hmm. will be dropping on Thursdays. Yeah. So the way ILWP is going to work, uh, Tuesdays will be the In Love With The Process episode that you guys are used to hearing. Mm-hmm. And then uh, Thursdays, when we have stuff recorded, we're, try- we're going to try to front load this as much as possible yeah. so that we don't fall behind. Um, we'll do... Um, Right place, right time. RPRT. Yeah. Baby. Um, and uh, like I said, lots of exciting stuff coming on. And, and a good first episode, don't yeah. you think? Great chats. Yeah. Great man. chats. Yeah. We always do such a good job chatting together. I think that's why. Yeah, well, we're friends. Yeah. You know, well, it helps. Are we? <laughs> <laughs> You're my nemesis. <laughs> um, yeah, I'm really looking forward to this stuff. And, and, and as we sort of pursue this and listening to your stories and sort of mm-hmm. re-listening to my stories again, I'm sort of deciphering 
what I really want from the show, and I yeah. I think it's just to remind myself of the things that I do to put myself at the right place at the right time, put myself in the moments that end up being really great. And I think the only reason I don't have more of them mm-hmm. is because I restrict myself subconsciously yeah. one way or another on the yeah. show. And it's 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 great to be able to engage with people and hear those uplifting stories. It's great to have those experiences that, you know, it's, I think with everything we do, you, there's a phrase, leave something sweet in the mouth of the world. And I think with everything we do, everyone we meet, every conversation we have, if we can have more of those chances, more of those opportunities to do that, to find ourselves in the right place at the right time, man, what a different experience, what a better life we have. I agree, man. Yeah, I agree. Well, thanks, everybody, for listening. Thank, thank you. Thanks. Thank you for coming to the show. Yeah, thank you, Lance, for being on. Oh, man. Well, we got many, plenty more to do. Yeah, man. I'm <laughs> excited. Um, and uh, we're going to leave you with the track. So both of the tracks for the show, Mitch Murder, check it out. Check it out.